It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. And with me in the KFT studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Are you looking to retire in 2023? If so, what do you need to focus on right now in your financial life so that you can do so in confidence? We've got the five things you need to do right now if you're planning to retire this year. We're going to cover that and more on this weekend's episode. That's right. That's right. If you have a question for the show or if you have any needs or issues going on, we'd love to help. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. Get more information about the show and the firm there. Uh, and some questions. And then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. All right. So 10,000 baby boomers still retiring every single day. Is that crazy? It, it is. Seems like we should, they should all be retired by now. I know. We've been, there's so, a lot of them. <laughs> I don't know if that if that's a real statistic, you know, figures lie and liars figure sort of thing. But I've, I've just heard that for so long. And if we presume that it's true, the baby boom generation was born between... 1946 and 1964. So they're still retiring yeah, <laughs> up until, yeah. you know, what, what would it be? The end of this decade, the 2029 really would be when the last baby boomers are turning 65. And listen, people are working a little bit longer. So 67, if that's the new retirement age or whatever. Yeah, we, we're going to have this for the rest of this decade. And so, so what about you? Is it 2023? Is this your last year of work? Are you hoping to retire later this year? And if so, then what's your kind of retirement checklist? Your your what what's the to-do list if you're planning to retire later this year? That's the angle we're taking today and helping you make one of the biggest financial decisions of your life with confidence. Now there's five things that I would say and and there's a whole lot, but I would kind of put them into five categories. Things that you need to be doing in your finances and these aren't in any particular order. Um, they all sort of need to happen simultaneously, really, at the exact same time. And so this isn't like, yep, I'm retiring tomorrow, so I'll listen to this and get it all figured out. Now, this is going to take a little bit of time. But the very first thing that you need to do if you're hoping to retire later this year is update your financial plan to ensure that you're on track. You said these are not in any particular order, but that one should be first, right? Yeah. So it's good that we're starting yeah. here. In fact, hopefully this is something that you've been doing for a number of years leading up to retirement because you never know. Maybe you're someone who's listening today and, no, I'm not going to retire in 2023, but maybe 2024, maybe 2025. And you never know when life is going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Yeah. And you need to be ready with some confidence to know, okay, could I adjust the game plan? Could I speed up the process of retiring potentially. I actually got a phone call on Thanksgiving morning from a family member who was in a little bit of a bind because uh, he he was being offered early retirement. Mm. But he had to decide by November 30th. He had like no time to choose. Oh my goodness. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a pretty sweet offer and he was leaning towards taking it and everything. But if you don't have a financial plan, already in place and you already have a game plan on what retirement, you know, plan A is going to look like, then how would you ever know when to pivot to plan B? Yeah. Right? So I I 
I'm glad that we're starting here because knowing um, where you're at relative to this goal, you know, do you have the right amount accumulated and do you have confidence that you're going to be able to spend the way that you want to when you get to retirement? All of these are knowable things Mm -hmm. if you're planning ahead. And of course, this is a show about financial planning. So what do we want you doing? We want you talking to a certified financial planner to know these things and to have that financial plan up to date at all times. Because they're the ones that are really going to do the detailed work to ensure the detailed and thorough work to ensure that you're on track to retire. Someone that's just helping you with investments or giving you a mutual fund pointer here or there, if we're being honest, if that's really what they're doing, they might say, oh yeah, we'll help you with the retirement by just doing some rough back of the napkin sort of calculation, or maybe a kind of interesting software tool that really doesn't have, it's sort of garbage in, garbage out, doesn't have the right details baked in. Because here's the thing, your ability to retire with confidence is based on five factors, five decisions that yes, they're each decisions, but they're interrelated. So at what age are you planning to retire? And Josh, I'm glad you mentioned, even if you're not planning to retire 2023, still have the game plan ready because you've said before that many people retire about two years before they plan because there's that health issue or there's a buyout or there's a recession or there's something that occurs. So at what age are you going to retire? And that includes then what's your life expectancy? How much are you going to spend? What's your lifestyle in retirement? And you've got to make sure this is where a lot of these online calculators or these so-called financial advisors that don't really do planning kind of overlook medical expenses, so health health insurance, what inflation is going to be, what tax rate are you in, what tax, what mm-hmm. will your taxes be? And so like looking at your spending, knowing that. H- hang on one yeah. second, because that spending one could be one that you thought you had dialed in right. two years ago. And then all of a sudden inflation starts ballooning. And before you know it, you're like, man, my lifestyle has like jumped up. And can my retirement plan still handle the spending that I'm now doing? Yeah. Right. So revisiting your spending plan on the eve of retirement, I think, is really important because it just confirms what what are we spending? What is our lifestyle? That kind of thing. And tighten up that spending plan. I mean, that might be something where you say, hey, listen, I was going to retire in, in March of this year, but I've got if, if I if I work just a little bit longer, I could retire some debt or I could fix my cash flow to make mm-hmm. my situation even better. Yeah, that's good. And, and so I, I, I like to put stinky things in front of the good things in life. So if I if I want something good, I, I, I throw something that I don't want to do and I'm unmotivated by in front of it and and I, I, I use the motivation for the good thing to carry me through the bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a good life hack. Uh what investment rate of return are you assuming in that retirement plan? Right? The things have been very you know, volatile in in the markets. The outlook isn't isn't that great either. So do you have the right investment rate of return, the right risk level in your investments? You've got to update all of that right now. Even if you've had a retirement plan built and you know, yep, I'm making this decision with clarity and confidence because a year ago we looked and the Monte Carlo analysis, all of that was showing I've got high confidence. Update it right now. Update it before you make that final decision to confirm you're still on track. Yeah, your CFP can help you with that. All right, next thing. So that's number one. If you're planning to retire, first thing you got to do, update your financial plan, specifically your retirement plan. Make sure you're still on track. Next thing you need to do, and now these are officially in no you know particular order. You got to do all of these at the same time, and that is, this might be your last year of earned income. 
and therefore max out your tax shelters. So let's talk through that a little bit, guys. Yeah, in order to contribute to things like a 401k at work, you have to be working. Or if you want to contribute to a Roth IRA, you have to have earned income or paycheck type dollars coming in in order to even be eligible for that. And so if this is a year where you're either going to transition into retirement and start uh, earning less or maybe stop altogether, then making sure that you're making the most of this last opportunity, especially because we've been in a bear market. It's an amazing buying opportunity. Right. So buying low while the markets are still low, this is your last buying opportunity before retirement. You're going to live through a bunch of these bear markets when you get into retirement. They're going to come around every so many years and it's going to feel like you're taking some steps back before you uh, return to a, a growth trajectory again. But to take advantage of that it is a big deal. It may also be important because depending on how high your income is, as you go into retirement, uh, at some point, a couple years from now, we're going to look back to this calendar year and say, what was your income that year? Because it's going to determine what your Medicare premiums are. We're going to talk more about that, I'm sure, later in the show. But uh, the, the point is, you may have some incentives in front of you to try to reduce that income while you still can. And the tax shelters at work could be one of the best tools for it. And I'd be aware that in 2023, a lot of things have changed and changed in a, in a meaningful way. So the 401k contribution limits are bigger. If I'm 50 plus, I can put $30,000 in a 401k. It, um, that was about nine grand when I got in this business <laughs> uh, just yesterday. That was back in the 1900s. Yeah, so <laughs> Henry Ford built the first 401k. Um, and so um, and, and then your IRA limits have gone up as well. So you can put more money. It, it, you used to be able to put six thousand in, and you put sixty five hundred in, and you still have your catch up of a thousand bucks. And so, and and the ranges that you can fund these things have gone up. The thing that I would, that that I get most, um, I don't know if I get excited or nervous about. Hang on, I'm gonna, we're gonna have a cliffhanger there. So, oh so there's this is we're only on number two, and there's a lot more to go here. Um, more to say with this, but. What should you be doing if you're planning to retire later this year? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. All right, if you're looking to retire later this year, what's your checklist? Financially, what should you be working on? What should you do? We're giving you the five things that'll help you get ready to be able to retire later this year. We're hoping with that more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, easy for me to say, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel as well as a lot of other content. Go there, check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there. We appreciate that. All right, first thing you need to do if you're hoping to retire later this year is update your financial plan, not create your financial plan. Yeah, <laughs> Update it. It should have already been created, recalibrated, and really all signs pointing to, yep, you're ready to retire. Go ahead and, and do this. And here's the game plan. But it's important that you update it, make sure you're on track. Nothing's changed because a lot's changing. But the second thing, that's where we're, we're still there. And that is, it's your last year of earned income. Max out those tax shelters. Had a lot of people that have said, all right, I'm re financially, financially, you're ready to retire. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to retire just yet. I've got a project at work that I've got to see through. I want to help mentor the person that's taking over my role. I 
want to work one last school year. I want something like that. And they work a little bit longer. The retirement income game plan is ready. Yeah. But they're working because they want to for another reason. And, and in those instances, it's, okay, max out your 401k. What, 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 are you, what are you talking about? I'm retiring in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Increase that contribution as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to be able to live on my income. I know you're ready to retire right now. You don't need to live on your income. We've got these other sources, these other strategies in, in, in place. It's your last time to be able to contribute to the 401k or the 403b. Let's max that thing out. I have a client who's doing that exact thing right now, this year. His plan is to retire at, in July, mm-hmm. so he's going to have a half a year's worth of, of income, but he wants to try to max out his 403B at work in the first three months, yeah. just in case maybe he, he decides that he wants to retire even just a little bit earlier than, than uh, later on in, in yeah. the summer. Yeah. Same thing with Roth IRAs. Now, you've got a little bit longer to fund those. You've got until April 15, but you've got to have earned income, but not too much. Not too much. You can't go above the limits. We, I stopped Kevin off at, at HSA, and there's, there's a couple big things that you need to be aware of, but HSA is a tax shelter that you can fund and should be funding if you have a HSA-eligible qualifying high-deductible health plan. And you don't need earned income in order to fund this thing, but you aren't allowed to have any other health insurance other than an HSA-eligible plan. So shifting on to Medicare or making a health insurance change at retirement often means you're unable to contribute to the HSA once you retire. And there's a couple issues with then just stuffing that thing before you retire. Well, and and we've we've just seen it. Uh, The best part about listening to three financial nerds talk about financial planning is it's actually what we it's our day job <laughs> so i mean people think listen to us on the radio and think oh we must be just radio stars <laughs> oh, we're much more no, than i've never heard that one <laughs> we're much more than just radio stars we're financial planners so um but we we just we, we had this because here's here's how it happens a couple says hey we're going to retire and uh she's say she's going to work till the end of the year and but he's going to be done in june He's done in June, but he actually signs up for uh, Medicare Part A in January. Uh, whoops. How much is he eligible to contribute? Yeah, zero. Zip, zilch, zero, nada. So that's the, that is the issue around funding the HSA because the problem with HSA is most of it is voluntary compliance, which means you have to know the rules and then you have to follow the rules yourself. And it's it's unlikely um, that if you are doing something wrong, the HSA sheriff is going to show up at your door and say, "Hey, listen, you can't do that. You signed up for Medicare Part A. This is you you cannot contribute to that thing. So what do you do? You say, well, hey, we've got uh, the family max, which is what ninety two hundred in twenty twenty two, and your catch ups yeah. with, with your catch ups, and we're going to do that." And uh, you get to the end of the year and you uh, say, hey, uh, we're going to retire this year. We probably should find a financial advisor. And I would beg you, find that financial advisor five years or 25 years before you retire. But anyways, so you go and you say, hey, here's what we've done. And we we have to do an excess contribution removal out of the plan. Now, we can do it, but it's it's not what you want to do. I don't want to camp on this for too long because I actually think these are are full shows, but um, if you retire after age 65 and switch and transition onto Medicare, they actually backdate your Medicare Part A enrollment six months. 
or until 65. And therefore, you might say, well, I'm 67 and I'm going to retire on, you know, on December 31st of 2023. Therefore, I can max this thing out this year. Nope. Nope. You're actually, without you doing anything, you're automatically going to be enrolled in Medicare six months prior to that. And that's going to mess up your HSA contributions. And the, the second thing with this is if you're married and you've been using one HSA, you might not view it this way. You might not even know, but it's technically in just one person's name. You can both use it. But when one of you goes on to Medicare and the other person doesn't yet, and you try to throw some money in that thing, if it's the wrong person's name, you're actually not allowed to contribute to that, mm -hmm. right? Because the other person's on Medicare. So it gets very confusing where you will definitely be doing some shows on this. But <laughs> despite all that tangent and warnings, in the last year that you're working, before you retire, know what your tax shelter strategy is, know what your limits are. This might be the last year to max fund those things, take advantage of that. Third, third thing you need to do if you're planning to retire later this year is determine your Social Security optimization strategy. You know, for a lot of people, uh, if they transition into retirement, it almost seems like automatic. Like if, if I'm not getting a paycheck, then I must have Social Security coming in. Mm -hmm. But that's not true for everybody. You know, many people are planning ahead and they're saying, hey, I'm going to retire at 65, but I'm not going to draw Social Security until age 70. And so there's a five-year gap where you don't have a paycheck coming in and you don't have Social Security coming in, which means you need to have a, a different plan in place. And ultimately, it, it just means you need to have assets that you have uh, that you're uh, they're they're accessible to you. You can get your hands on them without selling at depressed prices. That kind of thing. Liquid savings that you could be living off of during that five-year period, if that's what makes the most sense mathematically for you and and your family. But I, I would encourage you to not just default to if I retire, then I want my Social Security check to start the very next month or maybe even the same month. Um, instead, work with your certified financial planner because delaying Social Security allows you to, to see your benefit keep on ratcheting up every year that you delay. Really, it's every month that you delay. Yeah. You're getting a reward for postponing this, and that reward may be better than what you're going to receive uh, in the market some years or in certain types of investments, that kind of thing. And it's a guaranteed ratcheting up. We can't use the G word very often with, with most investments. Uh, let's see if I can thread the needle here and explain what's going on in my head. Um, hmm. Just because you work with a certified financial planner, if they show you the data that suggests there's a financial benefit to waiting, that's not a reason to say, well, I'm not going to work with the CFP because they're going to tell me to wait and I want to draw it immediately. Hmm. And so, nope, I've had plenty of people where we've looked at it and said, okay, well, here's the different options that you have. Here's what it looks like. And mathematically, it looks like it would be beneficial to delay. And here's the strategy. Here's how we would you know, set up your income. And they've said, no, nah, um, I, I just want to pull the trigger right now. And we've done the numbers that way and said, well, it can still work. It's, it's not as good, but it can still work. And yep, that's what I want to do. Okay. The CFP is going to help you with that. There is some financial professionals that happen to be on the radio in our same area that actually play into that emotion. And they actually are saying, draw your social security right away. We're, we're going to help you. That's the best thing for you. And it's really just placating the new emotions as opposed to doing true financial planning. So you've got to find out what the social security optimization strategy is for you. 
And your CFP is going to help you with that. But their their job isn't to shame you or tell you this is what you have to do. It's to lay out the numbers, lay out the, plat, the path and say, here's what it looks like, which one makes the most sense. And uh, but it's up to you. Social Security. I mean, Josh, what you just said is if you delay Social Security, your benefits going to increase. But in order to delay Social Security, you've got to get income from somewhere else. So you've got to draw down assets. Well, you're, we're not promised tomorrow. And that can be a pretty scary thing. Wait, I'm going to use my own money versus the money that I've been given to the government every single paycheck and have no guarantee. And they say it's insolvent. That's a, that, for some, that's a pretty risky trade. But mathematically, it can make an enormous difference. Therefore, you just want to run the numbers and work the plan. So uh, talk to your CFP on that. Now, that's that's the third thing, and there's a little bit more that we can touch on with that, but there's a total of five action items. Things should be on your checklist if you're planning to retire later this year. We've got those, that, and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What's your Social Security optimization strategy? You got to figure that out. That That's on the checklist. In order to retire, you got to figure that out, run the numbers, and know what the game plan is. We're helping you with that and more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFT studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up, stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Planning on retiring in 2023 or, or just honestly, 2024, 25, coming up, what should your financial kind of checklist be? What should you be doing right now to make sure that you're ready to retire? We're going through that, that list of five. The first is make sure you update your financial plan and that your retirement plan says, yep, you're still on track. You know, all systems go. Number two, make sure that uh, that you fund your tax shelters. This could be the last year that you've got earned income. Some of the tax shelters require earned income. And the third one that we're just wrapping up right now is determine your Social Security optimization strategy. So should you draw Social Security immediately uh, right when you retire or should you delay? Now, there's a couple things that we haven't hit with that that may pertain to you. Number one, are you working part-time? Are, is your retirement before your full retirement age and part of your retirement plan is, is part-time work? Well, that's going to influence your Social Security optimization strategy. But then second, Josh, and you can take it from here, but if you've, if you've ever been married, but you're not married right now, so you're talking about uh, maybe someone who's been divorced or they lost their spouse. And it, it's a question of, uh, maybe I'll broaden this even more to say, you generally, when you're drawing Social Security, you have a couple different options to choose from. You can draw upon your own benefit, which is based on your own work history and everything, or just be aware there may be someone else that you can uh, draw upon their benefit instead as a, a essentially a spousal benefit. And um, don't lose sight of that. You know, you, yeah. you want to look at both of these benefits and how, um, well, first of all, if, if you lost your spouse, you can draw earlier than anybody else. Age 60 is as soon as you can begin drawing. Otherwise, it's 62 if you're retiring on your own, own benefits. Um, your spousal benefit basically stops growing or getting bigger once uh, your spouse reaches their full retirement age. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, you got it. Um, so, you know, we often talk about many people strategize around Social Security by just delaying as long as possible. Age 70 is as long as possible for most people. But 
uh, in some circumstances, if you're going to be drawing off of your spouse's benefit or a, a prior spouse's benefit, it's not going to get any bigger after certain yeah. ages as well. So just recognize that there are, you know, that's that you've got to you got to be aware of that. And you might not even have that information. And therefore, yeah. you know, working with the CFP to kind of draw that game plan. But up. Social Security does. Yeah. Right. And, you know, the the website for Social Security has gotten way more robust. You can do so much more on it these days. But sometimes if you've got kind of a complicated situation or you need to think through multiple scenarios, you know, going down, scheduling a time, going down to the Social Security office and sitting with someone who does this for a living can be helpful. You know, just to ask some questions, they might point some things out that you wouldn't have gotten to. Now, I, I've suggested that to some clients and, uh, you know, they've wanted to throw throw things at me because, yeah. you know, not every Social Security office runs real smoothly. But uh, I don't know. C- consider looking into this in detail and looking at more than one scenario. That's how that's how you optimize. Yeah. And I think most Social Security offices are going to say we want to schedule a phone interview. We don't need to smell your breath. We just we'll, we'll talk over the phone. Uh, fourth thing you need to do on your on your checklist, and again, you know, maybe that first one was the first one, but these other four all need to happen simultaneous. There's not there's not sort of this order to them. But the fourth thing that you need to make sure you do if you're planning to retire later this year is implement your personal pension plan, which is our terminology. We'll explain that here in just a second, but it's basically recalibrate your investment strategy to be aligned with you transitioning into retirement, starting to live off this money. Yeah, I might even add to that and say, it's it's looking at your needs out on the horizon and, and realizing that when you retire day one, I, I got this question earlier uh, this week, in fact, a client said, at what age do you get close to retirement and take all risk off the table and move everything into a stable investment? And I, I mean, how many times have you heard that question, oh, right? Yeah. It's it's maybe one of the biggest misconceptions, I guess, about retirement, mm-hmm. that you're growth oriented and then all of a sudden you're not. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is on day one of retirement, there's some of the money in your nest egg that you've been accumulating all these years, growing it for the future, that you're still not going to touch anytime soon. This is money that you might spend in your 80s, maybe even in your early 90s if you live long enough. And so that is money that, by definition, it just has still a long time horizon. And so you want to match your investment dollars, kind of start segmenting them up and matching them with when the need is going to arise. Those assets that you're going to need to be spending in the next one or two, three years, that should be in some of the most rock-solid, stable, high-confidence uh, investment accounts that you can you can possibly own. And you don't want fluctuation there. And the good news is you can now get paid a little bit for having the money Finally. there. That's right. And yes, what you're getting paid isn't keeping up with inflation unless inflation is coming down officially. And then you know we might we you might you know have equilibrium for a moment, right? Yeah, right. But uh, but but yeah. So that, that, that personal pension plan is really laying out exactly what Josh said. If I add a little bit more meat to it, it's figuring out, well, how much, what are your income sources in retirement and how much are you going to spend? Once you know those two numbers, then what's the gap? Mm-hmm. What, what, what needs to be covered by your investments or how much will you be withdrawing from your investments? And you need to make sure that that's, that, that is sustainable and that fits within your overall financial plan. But then you look and say, okay, well, let's say that math is twenty five hundred bucks. Well, you've got to have a couple of years of that twenty five hundred 
bucks sitting in these very safe, sturdy, liquid investments. You don't want a lot of fluctuation there mm -hmm. because you want your retirement to be confident, even if we're heading into recession or if we have some really big gyrations in the market upcoming, right? And then after that, the next bucket, that's so that's the first part of the personal pension plan. The second one <clears> is the dollars that you're going to use, you know, maybe after, you know, years three to years eight or 10. And those dollars should be positioned still for stability, but you can take a little bit more risk. And they should be able to earn a little bit more interest. I'm thinking, you know, different types of, uh, of, of anyway, different types of strategies. But then the dollars that you're not going to touch ten for 10 years out, that's your long-term money. And those dollars, maybe they shouldn't be speculative. They shouldn't be high, high, high risk. You got to be able to sleep at night in order to have a comfortable retirement. But they should still be in you know, growthy, that's right. <laughs> growth yeah. oriented investments. When, when you're giving that growth bucket, 10 years of growth potential, mm -hmm. you can handle some of the ups and downs. You know, it's, it's almost like going back in time and you're in your thirties or forties or fifties. Again, you can invest with more growth potential because you've got all those other dollars in place to kick off income to you in the meantime. And that's where you want to have confidence in your strategy because the, you know, and I, it is interesting when people say, okay, especially, and I'd look in your retirement plan because there are target date funds and a lot of people are invested in target date funds that basically get you out of the market yeah. by the by the year. And so you might have a, a 2025 target date fund in your uh, account and you're basically out of the market. Well, that's fine if you're, if you're not expected to live beyond 2026. Mm -hmm. But if you say, hey, I'm going to retire and have a nice long retirement here, you want to have a better plan than that. That's right. You know, one of the things that complicates this whole concept of a personal pension plan is the fact that probably you're showing up to retirement with multiple types of investment accounts in place. You might have some Roth IRA dollars. Maybe you have inherited some money. You've been building up a 401k. And each one of these may have different tax implications to it as well. And so how you apply, you know, where, where do my growth investments go versus my income producers? Where are the dollars that I'm going to spend down first going to come from? And this is where, man, financial planning is more than just making investment decisions, right? Yeah. Because think about the tax implications of your drawdown strategy. This is one of the biggest question marks that a lot of people have on, re on the eve of retirement. It's well, where's my income going to come from? Like, how do I start, you know, drawing down on these accounts? And man, there's a right way to do it. And uh, there, there's there's good, maybe best and not good at all. Yeah, right. Like right, you, right. you got to be careful here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So making sure that your investment structure, your risk tolerance, the tools that you're using, it's all recalibrated for you kind of hitting that apex of the mountain and starting to climb down. That's the fourth thing you need to do. Now, if you've been listening to listens, these guys haven't even talked about health insurance, Medicare. Okay, that's coming up. So we've got more to come here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFC 
KFG Studios. I don't know why. What am I struggling, You're struggling with? That? with that. I That's really true. am. Can we change it? The struggle is real. <laughs> you, you got it, Mike. You can do it. All right. Uh, in the KFG Studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. You can see all the embarrassing uh, bloopers that I have, or but a lot of other content as well. So go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and subscribe. Follow us there. Subscribe to the channel. Turn on notifications. We drop a lot of content. Yes, the, the weekly talk show is there, but a lot of other content as well. You can leave comments there, and if you like the content, want to share it with kids, we, we hear about that a lot. Share it with kids, share it with family members, that sort of thing. So, All right, so are you planning to retire this year? 2023, it's a new year. Is that on the is that on the docket? Are you hoping to retire by the end of the year or or you know second half? Plan on retiring 2024, 25. What's your financial checklist? What should you be doing to make sure that you're ready to retire? We've been hitting the five steps, the five things that you need to do, and we're we're down to the last one. And this isn't like last one, like okay, well this is sort of the the uh, the, the the back of the 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 boat. Nope. The, the first one is update your financial plan, make sure you're ready. Yep, you do need to do that. But these these other four need to happen at the exact same time. And then this fifth one then is just as important then as the as the second. That is determine your Medicare and health insurance strategy in retirement. So what's that look like, guys? Well, you go from having basically being institutionalized and I typically I've got my stuff through my employer and every November I have to make a decision and figure out, okay, do I want the PPO, the HMO, the this, that, or the other thing? And, <laughs> you know, what kind of deductible? Do I have an HSA-eligible uh, plan? And if I do, do I want to set up an HSA? And, and how do I want to fund that, et cetera? Well, when you hit 65, all of that changes. And it's a completely different program. Yeah. And that, now, if you, if you hit 65 and you're still working, depending on the size of the company, you stay on the, the company plan, and you don't have to make that decision until you retire. But that, this is a huge this – is, this is one of the bigger financial decisions that people are going to make in their retirement is how do I approach health care in retirement? Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I often say this is the biggest – health insurance decision you're going to make in your life and you want everything simple because there's so much change and you're at a situation where you're probably done with it and like okay just make this easy yeah and everything changes and then the final kind of reason that i would state okay this is challenging and and high pressure high stakes is your decision's kind of permanent and it's not really 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 but for many of you it is when you switch and, and retire and switch on to Medicare, you're going to decide whether you go with traditional Medicare. I think the actual Medicare office calls this original Medicare. I like my term better. So <laughs> I think there's a spot you can vote for that. Um, traditional med- I'm just kidding. Traditional Medicare is Medicare Part A, Part B, Part D, and a supplement that fills in the gaps. Okay, So that's traditional Medicare. Or you can go with Medicare Advantage. And when you talk to your friends, when you're down in Florida talking about this sort of stuff or whatever, it's all Medicare, 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 Medicare. And you might have been frustrated or heard some people frustrated in the past because someone says their Medicare works one way and your Medicare works a different way. That's because you're talking actually about two different things, but it's the same yeah, name. Same okay? Because mm-hmm. Medicare Advantage is... You have Part A, you pay the Part B premium, but then you get your actual Medicare insurance from a private insurance company. So there's a lot of copays, there's all this sort of stuff. Some of those have a drug plan included, others you've got to add Part D, and it's just a little tricky. 
And so those are your two options. If you go with traditional Medicare, you can, during open enrollment, switch over to Medicare Advantage pretty much at any time. If you go with Medicare Advantage, there's only a few circumstances where you can switch over during open enrollment to original Medicare. So your scenario, what you pick, is is sort of permanent. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's the big change and big decision that you're going to make. You know, we're, we're talking about a scenario, though, where you're retiring and going straight on yeah. to Medicare, which implies that you're age 65 or older. There are some people who... Um, because of careful planning, they've been blessed, uh, they've accumulated some assets, maybe they've even inherited some assets, they're able to retire before age 65. And going off of a group plan, but not yet being eligible for Medicare creates potentially some years of gap where you have to solve this, this healthcare dilemma on your own. And, you know, th- this is one of those places where the Affordable Care Act could be uh, part of the solution for you where you can kind of go get your own private insurance to to bridge that gap. And the, the issue here, though, is the Affordable Care Act has all kinds of tax amp, uh, implications built into it as well. And if, if you ever wanted a, a situation where your health care decisions and your tax planning need to be kind of married together and you look at both of them simultaneously, this is it, right? Yeah. Because there are certain tax credits available to you based on your income level, and your income level is something that you may have some influence over, de- deciding when you're going to retire, how much you're going to draw off of certain investment accounts, um, how, how much income are you going to basically create for yourself because of the way you draw down your investment accounts. And so this is a place where your certified financial planner can become kind of the quarterback with you and help to coordinate then uh, out on the field in real time what is your tax perspective, like kind of working with the CPA to build a tax projection, working with your, uh, your health insurance expert, your agent that is helping you pick the actual coverage, and, and trying to optimize this together, right? Mm-hmm. How, how do you pick the right coverage? How do you pick the right income levels so that you have the most efficient bridge between uh, that group insurance you were on while you're working and the Medicare system that you're going to choose when you get to age 65? Yeah. Yeah, the different premium, there's tax consequences with that. And and so I'm glad you brought that up, Josh, because I, I think the when people are hoping to retire has been around age 62. And with the turmoil recently in the economy and the markets, the recent studies have said that's now around 64. That doesn't mean that's the average retirement, but that's when people are hoping to. But yeah, both of those are before Medicare. Mm-hmm. So figuring out what is your health insurance plan, that's that's why this fifth key kind of action item, if you're planning to retire, isn't just figure out if you want original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. No, what is your Medicare strategy or health insurance strategy? And oftentimes there is some really sweet and significant planning that you can do if you're retiring before age 65 to get the right the right health insurance is it cobra is it affordable care act and how should how does that influence the rest of your financial plan that's right so all right so those are the five right that's your financial checklist if you're hoping to retire later this year work with your certified financial planner none of this is a surprise to them if they're doing comprehensive financial planning the six areas of your financial life present financial position protection planning that's where that health insurance decision is Tax planning, of course, we just talked through that. Tax shelters 
and a, a Affordable Care Act, that sort of stuff. Investment planning is the fourth area, making sure that you've got the right investment structure, that personal pension plan that we talked about. The fifth area is retirement planning. So that's confirming that you're on track with that. And then we haven't talked about this at all, but it's got to be, it's sort of the backbone of your entire financial plan. And that is, what's the plan if something happens to you, your estate plan, are your intentions mm-hmm. structured and they, will they be carried out? So all of this is sort of part of working with the CFP that's doing comprehensive financial planning. Yeah, yeah I talked to a, a, someone who called in yesterday and was referred to us by a, another financial advisor in town. And um, this advisor said he wasn't taking clients. And so I'm talking to this person and he said, I don't know if I need any help. I did need some help with this, but I figured it out. So that was what I was originally calling about. I don't know if I need any help. And he's, and I just did some probing and he said, well, I just, I don't know what I don't know. And I said, well, do you have a multi-year tax projection? So from 62 to 92, you've got a forecast of what you're going to be paying in taxes and how you're going to handle your retirement assets and when you should draw Social Security and what your income should be. No. Mm. no. So this is th- these are the things that you want to get help with. Yeah, that's right. I'm glad you mentioned the estate plan, though, as well, because when you retire, all of a sudden there may be some dramatic repositioning of assets. Things that used to be in the 401k are now out in an IRA. And uh, do you have the right beneficiaries and everything selected there? Are there any new grandchildren that have been joining the family? Things change over time. And financial planning is really about helping you make the adjustments as you progress through life so that you you remain kind of in the driver's seat as much as possible. That's right. All right. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Did you just say that or something? So so we'll – no. When I wasn't listening to you. It's just sometimes people like – they they mess up Mikey B's hair uh, figuratively, (laughs) if you know what I'm saying. Can't do it. (laughs) I'm just – Following the outline here. It'll get you lost every time. There we go. <laughs> Are you lost, Mike? No. I know okay. exactly where we're going. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Take us, please. Right, I'm just yeah. pulling on the reins. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.